Hello and welcome to an episode of Yes Mother. Tonight we are going to be doing another What We've Been Watching and we've got some feedback from some listeners. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. And hello. Hello. Look how soon we're back. I know, right? We're on it. We are totally on it. Yeah. So how's it been going? Good. Good. Nothing too exciting going on, just... Well, Emily and I and our sister Kat... Oh yeah, that was exciting. We went and saw a live version of My Favorite Murder. Yeah, we did. Emily almost missed it. <laughs> oh, my word. I totally got the night wrong. And then I totally, while I was out, since I had to like just like leave the house <laughs> with like zero warning, I almost like, this is us, our house down. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Instead of a crock pot, it was an Instapot, though. <laughs> yeah, so... So, they had one night planned for My Favorite Murder. That was Friday night. And then it sold out so fast. And I guess other murderinos from Salt Lake, like, complained. So, they added Thursday night. And that's the night we got tickets for. Emily had it mixed up and thought it was for Friday. (laughs) Yeah. Even though all signs pointed to Thursday. Oh, every sign in the world pointed to Thursday. Every it was the day after. It was the day after uh, Valentine's Day. I knew that, <laughs> but my head wouldn't stop saying Friday. <laughs> so, our plan was to meet at our sister Catherine's house, who only lives about ten miles away or ten minutes from the venue. We were going to meet at her house around five thirty. Have dinner, go to the show. And and I live 45 minutes away. Right. Just so we all know that. (laughs) It's not like I live five minutes away. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I got to Catherine's house at around 540. And around 6, we were waiting for M. And Catherine's like, why don't you text her and see how far she's out? So I text M. I was like, how far are you out? And the text I get back was, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, and Rob was at work. I had just gotten dinner finished. And I live, my father-in-law lives downstairs. So he was home. And I was like, I got the night. He knew I was going somewhere the next night. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) It turns out my show's, and it's only my show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think my father-in-law would understand. Oh, I'm going to this murder show. (laughs) So so I, uh, I'm like, oh, my show's tonight. I messed it up. Are you okay to be with the kids? He's like, yep. Anyway, so we had pork chops in the Instapot to make them tender. I had like cooked them like on the stove 
so they were browned and stuff. No, I I had grilled them outside. I'd grilled pork chops outside, and then I put them in the Instapot for like 20 minutes to make them softer, you know? Sure. The Instapot is a pressure cooker, but it's like an electric pressure cooker. It's like a, like a crock pot, right? faster. Right. So I, and I made a rice pilaf with broccoli, and when that was done, I had kind of overcooked it just a little bit, so it was kind of sticking to the pan, and so it was one of those things that I just, like, hurried and took it off the burner. And we have one of those glass tops, so it's not like coils or gas. It's just like a glass top. Right. And I had taken it off of that really fast, so it would stop cooking immediately, and apparently didn't shut off the burner. And then since I was leaving, I arranged everything close together, and so apparently I had put the Instapot on top, right on top of the still-burning burner. (laughs) And left. And I left. (laughs) And my father-in-law... So Rob came home like a half hour, 45 minutes later. And my father-in-law had been home and even upstairs. And Eleanor's like eating in the kitchen. My little disabled daughter. (laughs) And he didn't smell it. (laughs) He's kind of old. And (laughs) Rob gets home and he's like, what's that smell? (laughs) And he does a little looking. It's my spot. It melted the bottom off. So it's, like, fine, except the plastic bottom is, like, totally melted off. And it exposes, like, the, like, motherboard and the wires. <laughs> but they all they all look perfectly fine. So I think what I can do is uh, look up Instapot. Like, I've looked, I did a little digging, and they sell parts, like the Instapot mm-hmm. uh, website. I didn't see bottoms, because <laughs> I may have a my own little situation going on. <laughs> it's not something that's just ready available. So I think I need to email them and tell them the situation. And hopefully they'll send me another one instead of having to buy a whole new one. Cause I love that thing and they're expensive. Hopefully. So that's what happened. Yeah. So it reminded me of <laughs> this is, is <laughs> this is, is, <laughs> I have to tell you the whole like <laughs> the fact that people were like throwing their crock pots away and like freaking out. <laughs> just so stupid. Oh, they're so stupid, and it just it makes me laugh so hard. And like the company of crock pot like started a a hashtag that says the crock pot is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> It just makes me laugh so hard that they're like, hey, (laughs) you've totally hosed our sales because everyone's complaining about crockpots and they're all freaked out. (laughs) And they're all, everyone's mad at them because Jack is so popular. Uh, So funny. People, come on. (laughs) And the fact that I like did this like a week after (laughs) I mean, it's not funny, but you know, it was a little, it was a little move that I might do on any given day, but I'm still in the kitchen and I'd be like, whoa, (laughs) the burner's still on and I catch it in like three or four minutes. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Not realizing that your sisters are like, where are you? <laughs> you were supposed to be here 20 minutes ago. <laughs> are you kidding oh, me? Oh, <laughs> my word. I made it. You did, because Kat and I were like, Kat's like, well, I've got some leftover pizza from last night. And we're like, all right, let's just stay here. <laughs> I feel bad about that. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We were um, like, should we just stay here? It's like, yeah, let's just stay here. <laughs> I, I totally skipped dinner. I, I just left the house. I didn't even eat. <laughs> I, I had a banana when I got home for dinner. <laughs> Oh, man. But hey, we made it, and... The show wasn't till 8. We made it in plenty of time. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Just, we were... It just holds dinner a little bit. Yeah, we did early dinner plans, just because you never know. There's <laughs> nothing I hate more than, like, going to a restaurant before a show, and just, I've worked in enough restaurants. I know how everything can just get messed up, and make you late to something you know oh every show i've ever been to has been like like when we went to hamilton it was like um we don't have time for dinner yeah (laughs) we ordered a pizza to our hotel room and it got there like a second before we had no it didn't it didn't even arrive before we got there so yeah i mean what is it when we got snacks and drinks and we had to take transit in chicago into downtown chicago we were worried and it's like you are not late for hamilton like yeah that is not an option no to be late to like a broadway play yeah that's and it was like the most important thing we were going to do that year we're like (laughs) 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 so we got our dinner was snacks and a drink at a little bodega (laughs) Yeah, uh, like a block away from the show and when we went to see Phantom of the Opera we had to go to a grocery store and get just like a Lunchable or something it's just it doesn't work out dinner and a show doesn't work out it doesn't and that's why I wanted it's to very give, scary I wanted to give ourselves <laughs> at least two hours just you yeah. know even if we went to like a Chili's I didn't care you know it's like it's gonna get messed up you know yeah. someone's order is gonna get lost and you know <laughs> It always happens, so. But yeah, when, yeah, but when you did that bonehead move, we were like, Meh, let's just stay here and eat leftover pizza. <laughs> <laughs> then we don't have to worry about dinner. Yeah. So we probably would have had time to grab something really quick, but. Yeah. I, I was I was too stressed to eat. I didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, funny. So. Okay, so, what I've been watching. I don't have many, so. Um, the first one I'll talk about is The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. So, Harold, I'll, here's what I think. I think it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of the best things I've watched. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. Okay. So my backstory on this is I did read the book. I read it back in, it had to have been like 94 or 95. I was 
I was married to my first husband at the time. Or no, we weren't married yet. That's right. We got married in 96. So this had to have been like 94 or 95. And some intellectual friends of his <laughs> decided to start a book club. And the first book that we were supposed to read was The Handmaid's Tale. And so we read it. I absolutely loved it and couldn't wait to talk about it. Uh-oh. And so we get to the book club and like everyone hated it. The they couldn't they just poo-poo it. They totally poo-pooed the whole <laughs> concept like basically in a nutshell the concept is um it's kind of a few, it takes place kind of in the future where like a really fundamentalist christian like old testament people overthrow the government and start running the united states themselves in this very patriarchal society like women that are compl- would never happen oh my gosh like these book club people could not get past the idea that, well, this couldn't happen. And it's like, Oh geez. And it was so frustrating because why would you waste your time? I don't know. Worrying about that. I was so upset because I thought it was such a fantastic book and I was so excited to talk about it. And it, it just, it ruined me for book clubs. That was my one and only time <laughs> even attempting a book club. because, And that was like 25 years ago, 24 years ago. Because it just, they couldn't get, they could not suspend their disbelief. All they could talk about was how this could not possibly happen. Therefore, why even bother talking about it? How stupid. And it's like, because it's fiction. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, stick to it's, autobiographies or something, people, yeah. if you can't get past, you know. It sounds to me like they're a little too stuck on their intellectualism. They were. They were just those pseudo-intellectual 90s yeah. pieces of crap that, Ew. you know. Ugh. So, anyway. I loved the book and it's one of those books that kind of stuck with me throughout the years that just every once in a while you're like, Oh yeah, that book was really good. You know? Yeah. And so when I heard that Hulu was coming out with the handmaid's tale, I was like, Oh, that's gotta be the same. That's gotta be the book I read. You know, uh-huh. I never did watch the movie. I didn't know that there was a movie, but, I um, so yeah, it's fantastic. the The Hulu series is so good; it's visually stunning for one thing. It just is so beautifully done. The story is so good. From what I remember, it's sticking. You know, plot wise, the main plot points are stick pretty well f- with the book, but they've also like been able to like bring in the modern world because like when I think the book was written in like the mid 80s I read it before the internet came out 
or the internet was just starting, like maybe email was around at colleges type stuff. Um, but they've done a really good job, like kind of bringing more modern stuff into the story. Huh. And, oh, it's just so good. And Elizabeth Moss, if you've, I'm not a huge fan of hers, but. Now listen, she has, when we were, <laughs> no, when we were at my favorite murder, we went through before the show started, we were sitting <laughs> in our seats. We went through her IMDb page to kind of put our finger on what it was who saw her in that she didn't like and she didn't find it. So we decided it was probably someone else she's even basing this on. <laughs> I did. I looked at that one and went, maybe it wasn't her. <laughs> but So there's that. To, to be fair... <laughs> I wasn't yes. a huge fan of, like, the women at the top of the lake or whatever that show is. Right. And... <laughs> but I swear I saw something <laughs> that Elizabeth Moss was in before that. Okay. But, <laughs> but it's not on IMDb. <laughs> Nothing ring a bell. <laughs> so... I, so hey, but at least I can like watch. You can them. like her, yes. I can like her in this, and I will admit, when you know, because Emily signed up for Hulu and gave me her login, and I was like, sweet, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> um, so when I saw the picture of Elizabeth Moss, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kind of upset. <laughs> but I, I was like, I am watching this. I love the book. I've heard this is great. I'm giving it a shot. And I'm so glad I did because she's great. She's really great. Um, well, I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> um. They use music really well in the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you even know what a handmaid is? It's it's really not spoiling it because it, it happens in the first episode. But do you know what the handmaid is? Uh, no, I always, when I've seen the book and stuff, I've always pictured her. She's just someone that goes and gets water from the well or something. <laughs> Um, no. She's like a, she's a handmaid. Okay, so she, she gives you a hand. She, oh. oh boy, I just got what it might be. Maybe a handy. <laughs> so basically, a handmaid is a fertile. Okay, so in the book, like for for whatever reason. I think it's because of, like, chemicals and stuff. Like, most of the women are infertile. Like, they've devastated the environment to a degree or something? To a degree that it's, like, sterilized women. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or so the men blame it on the women. The the men could be the sterile ones, but, you know. <laughs> no! <laughs> it can't possibly be true. <laughs> 
<laughs> what handmaids are, are, they are fertile women who are placed in homes of like kind of upper class people where the woman is sterile. And so the handmaid like has sex with the husband in this really elaborate ceremony where the wife is there as well once a month when they're like ovulating so that she can conceive a child for the couple. So she's I I, I wish you could see my face right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. She doesn't just go get water from the well. <laughs> yeah, she's basically there a to surrogate. be like a surrogate. But she's, it's more like a slave kind of a thing? Kind of, yes. I assume they don't have a lot of say? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) None whatsoever. They can, like, only speak when they're spoken to type stuff. Do they stay in the house for the nine months that they're pregnant? Oh, yeah. They stay there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. So... That's basically the purpose of the handmaid is to have to conceive children because before the overthrow, they were women who had been able to conceive children. Okay. So they were proven to be fertile. And huh. yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, it sounds good. Because, you know, these are women that are forced in. They don't necessarily have these same beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So they're kind of forced into this, you know. They were regular women before everything. So that's The Handmaid's Tale. I highly recommend it. Season 2 is coming out in April. And, like, I've got the book in my bookcase upstairs. I'm going to read the book again because it's just got me all excited about reading (laughs) the book again because I loved it so much when I read it before. Yeah, I've actually checked it out digitally from my library and it's on my Kindle. I'm just waiting for me to finish As I Lay Dying. Is it As I Lay Dying I had to finish? Yeah. So so I would recommend read, read the book and watch the show. It's okay. The show's doing from like I said, it's been a long time since I read the book, but from what I remember, they're hinting like the important plot points, you know, and stuff. Are they uh did they get through the whole book? Like is season two gonna be like Renegade? Um I I don't think so. I think season two is probably gonna like stray more away from the book. Um, I I watched the season two trailer a couple days ago because I had that same question. I was like, am I going to remember, you know? Yeah. Because where season one ended, I, I kind of remember the same thing, if not a very similar thing happening in the book. And so... I watched the season two trailer a couple days ago and was like, 
yeah, I kind of remember some of this stuff happening. So, I think, I think it's going to hit, I mean, I would say, if I would put a percentage, I would say it's about 40-60, like 40% of season one is in the book, and 60% is stuff that they did for the show. Oh, okay. So there's a nice mix of... There's a nice mix. Okay. But, again, it's been like 24 years or so since I've read the book, and I only read it the one time. Um, I might read it again and go like, oh, yeah, it's a lot less like the book, or a lot more. I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. But there definitely was a lot in the show that I, that like brought back memories of reading the book, a lot of very specific things. So, I'm still trying to decide if I should watch it or read it first. Um, I would read it first. Okay. Yeah. Why I'm not? like eighty percent done with As I Lay Dying, and it's book so i should be able to start it in the next day or two yeah and the handmaid's tale is only it's not a long book i would say three to four hundred pages okay cool so it's a pretty quick read you know yeah and i've read a few margaret atwas and i've always liked them yeah she's got a good she's easy to read yeah she is you know you don't get bogged down by unnecessary stuff and words that you have to look up (laughs) (laughs) she's she's a pretty easy read so i would say you could probably get through handmade cell in just a couple days okay so so yeah it's it's fantastic it's it's if if you don't have hulu i would say it's almost worth do the free trial and watch it just get the free trial just for that and cancel it, you know, if you don't it's that Maybe good. Maybe you do it in April so you can watch full seasons. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. And for what I understand because um, I, I know someone who watched season one as it aired. So Hulu Hulu aired the first three episodes at once uh... and then made you wait a week for the next seven. Interesting. Because it's 10 episodes, so you got to see three, but then the next seven came out weekly. Which, you know, I kind of like that. I'm okay with that. I'm really okay more and more with waiting a week in between. In fact, I kind of did that with The Handmaid's Tale because it's so... it's, It's one of those where I would watch an episode and just be like... I got to let that sink in. (laughs) I've really got to let that sink in. And it's like Harold said, you know, just watching it in today's day, it's like, wow. You know, (laughs) (laughs) cautionary tale. Yes, it really is. And it was written in like 85, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) It was written when, like, Reagan was president, (laughs) (laughs) So it just, you know, Atwood obviously just had no idea what was coming down the road 30 years later. And, man, it's kind of frightening because you watch this and you kind of think, was this written by, is this a modern day story? Hmm. And it's not. 
but man, I recommend it to anyone. I just anyone, man, woman. It's just fascinating cool. and, and terrifying and just a lovely, uh, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. And then it's just so well done. The music is so great. They use the Simple Mind song, um, Don't You Forget About Me, just so, <laughs> so perfectly, you know, and yeah. It, yeah, it's really good. So anyway, The Handmaid's Tale. Watch it. Um, another thing I watched, and I actually just watched this the other day. I had the day off because I took like a week off of work. Um, and I sat at my sewing machine and worked on a project and just binged the crap out of the show all day. Again, on Hulu is 112263. Do you know what this is? No. A date. It's, yes, it's, it's, uh. Like the day before, two days before JFK was assassinated, or something oh. like that. Yeah, it's um. So someone was talking about this a while ago, though. Yeah, it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. It's on Hulu. It's based on a Stephen King book. Yeah, and it's executive produced by Stephen King and J.J. Abrams. Um. So the premise is, is that there's this, there's a diner in Lynn, Maine, and there's a closet in the diner that's like a time travel portal. So if you go, if you walk through this closet, you come out the other side and it's like October 21st, 1960. This is crazy because someone was telling me this, like I'm having deja vu. And if <laughs> before tonight you would have asked me who was telling me about it, I would have said you. <laughs> it wasn't me because I just watched the whole thing. On, I wonder who it was. Today's Thursday. I watched the whole thing on Tuesday. They keep going back to try and get clues about how to stop the shooting, right? Right, right. So, yeah, so, so James Franco stars in it. Um, so, yeah, every time you go through this portal, it's October 21st of 1960. And if you go through the portal and come back and then go through again, it's completely reset. So anything that you did when you were there before didn't happen so you can like correct like if you messed up you can just go back through the portal and it's it's as if you had never gone through it before does that make sense yeah. like so it's like a tr it, it's like, like a, uh uh groundhog day yes yes um so the owner of the diner has been going through this portal for years and he's been trying he, to gather clues and stuff about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, but then he gets cancer and is dying. And so he kind of tasks Jake, who's James Franco, with 
his mission. And so he shows him the portal and tells him and gives him all of his like notes and all of his evidence and everything that he's gathered over the years going through this portal and tells, you know, Jake that he he needs to go and try and prevent the assassination of JFK because he's convinced that that's why the world is so messed up. Like, if JFK had lived, the world wouldn't be as messed up as, mm-hmm. as it is today, you know? Okay. Like, that was the catalyst. Like, that was the catalyst. Like, JFK was assassinated, and then Bobby Kennedy was, you know, he kind of thinks the world is so crappy because those two were assassinated. Like, had they lived, we'd be in a way better place. Vietnam never would have happened. And just snowball from that, you know? Yeah. Um. I liked it because I kind of like time travel stuff, and this has some pretty easy time travel rules. It's not good. <laughs> sometimes time travel stuff just gets into its own. Ugh, you just don't understand the rules. They just get so crazy. You gotta take notes. <laughs> yeah. So the the time travel rules basically are easy. It's every time you go back through the portal, it resets. Um. You're back to October 20th or 21st of 1960. Um, it's got the butterfly effect. So try not to change too much, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you never know what effect that's going to have in the future. But if you do, you can always go back through the portal, come back, and you've reset it, and you can start over. It's like Homer in the toaster. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then the other rule is basically no matter how long you've stayed in back in time, only about two minutes in the present time has gone by. So you could spend like 10 years out there and no one would notice that you were gone in the present time. So, um, but it's really, it's really pretty good. Um, James Franco is good. He's always pretty good. I'm, yeah, I like him, actor. you know, and just like the JFK stuff. I pretty, I don't know much about all that. I have never been one to like really study any of the theories I've never seen the JFK movie. I've always meant to. Now, I know we've talked about this. We have. We have. Yeah. We've talked about the JFK shooting and the Oliver Stone movie. Right. And, I, and how neither of us have seen it. Right. <laughs> so I, this is a pretty interesting way to, like, experience it because... He goes back in time and is actually like a neighbor of Lee Harvey Oswald's, you know, yeah. like he, cause one of his assignments from, you know, Al, I think it was his name who owned the diner and was trying to do this before was like, you know, the way to do this is you need to find out is Oswald working alone or was he really hired by like the CIA, you know, was he really a Patsy type thing? And, it's just, it's really pretty good. It's 10 episodes. It's on Hulu. 
yeah, I really want to watch this. It's one. really pretty good. I really I'm totally in. Kind of enjoyed it. Um, because a lot of other stuff happens because. You know, he lands there in October of 1960, and the assassination is, like, three or four years later. So he, like, gets a job, and he lives back in this time. You know, he's got to, like, kind of acclimate to the 60s, and, you know, he meets people, he makes friends, he falls in love. You know, it's just, Hmm. it's it's really pretty good. And I thought the ending was pretty, I, I really liked the ending quite a bit. Um, so yeah, it's, if, if time travel stuff is like, eh, it's not really my thing because it can be kind of confusing. This is a good one because it's not, they keep the rules very simple and it's just really interesting. And they, you know, they don't have someone playing JFK and stuff. It's, you know, (laughs) yeah, so it's not. I don't know. You're not watching, except for the guy that plays Lee Harvey Oswald, you're not really watching people play real-life people, if that's another turnoff, which can be. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I usually like it, but <laughs> I can see how it can be a turnoff. It just depends. It just yeah depends on who it is and who they're playing and stuff, so... But no, this is good. I think you should watch it. And you, you've got Hulu now, Em, so you can watch it. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> Someone I know signed up for it. <laughs> Someone I know. <laughs> um, so for TV shows, those are the two I have. And then I've just got a couple of movies um, that I wanted to mention. Um, one of them is... It, the movie It. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the remake. Based on the Stephen King book again. Yeah, um, Stephen King in it up. I totally am, I guess. I uh, I went and saw it opening night with Catherine and Booker and then a bunch of my work mates. Uh. Um, and... Rewatched it just this last weekend while I was out in Wyoming. Watched it with Matt and Kat. And it is so good. It is it is so well done. It's so scary. But without jump scares. It's just like psychologically it really messes with your head. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I still haven't read the book, and I've read most of his big books. And mm-hmm. I've I actually had it on hold at the library, and then just like you can only hold so many books on at my library on the digital thing, right? <laughs> and I got impatient, I think, and wanted to put something else on there, so I took it off. Gotcha. It was audiobook. I was just going to listen to it. Yeah, it But I've seen the old movie and it's it's terrifying. <laughs> well, so Cat watched the old one with Tim Curry as Pennywise the clown. She watched it like the day before we went and saw the movie in the theater and she's like 
just don't even bother watching the old one. Oh, really? It doesn't it, hold yeah, up? Yeah, nope. It's crap. Because I sure haven't seen it since the 90s, oh, man. probably. I haven't seen it since the 90s. I haven't read the book since, like, the mid-80s. But, man, this this new one, even if you haven't read the book or seen, it is so good. And the the group of boys, you know, there's, like, a group of, like, four or five, you know, like, ninth grade boys that are kind of the stars, or the actors are so great. One of them's from Stranger Things. Um, is it only boys? I thought it was a girl or two. There's, also. It's all boys and then one girl. Oh, okay. And she's great too, and I think she's in a handmaid the handmaid's tale. I think she's one of huh. the handmaids actually. Um But uh it's just so well done and like our brother Matt like had a total it like he had like an epiphany kind of moment <laughs> like <laughs> watching it. And we were gonna try and have him on, but it'd be late. Um so we're going to miss out on Matt's it epiphany. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, his big thing, he was so impressed with how crazy the movie is on how it, like, really plays on childhood fears. Like, it really tackles individual feel- fears of each of these kids. And, like, what that's like for you. Yeah, and... It- and it does it like really kind of scary. I mean, it it has legit scares in it. I'm scared to watch it alone. Yeah. <laughs> you should have gone to Wyoming. <laughs> I know, I should. Except you guys got caught in a snowstorm. Oh gosh. Dude. And I when I heard about that, I was like, "Ooh, I'm glad." I didn't oh, you're go. so lucky you didn't go. That was so terrifying. And like, so I would have been in my own car with my kids. We even left a day early to get ahead of the storm. Yeah, I wondered the why you guys left on Sunday since Monday was President's Day. Yeah, we weren't planning on leaving till Monday. And then Amy got home from church and she's like, you know, everyone's <laughs> talking about the storm's getting really big and blah, blah, you know. Did South Pass close? I don't think it ever closed, but... Um, the next day, because we got caught, we couldn't go any further. We got to Evanston, and we were like, after seeing semis off the road, uh, and like four-wheel drives off the road, and we're not in a four-wheel drive. Right. We were like, we have to get off of the freeway. <laughs> oh, Evanston can be oh, so awful. It was so awful, and the sun and had if, gone down. And if Evanston's down. awful, you know Parley's is awful. Yes. And the sun had gone down, and it was like 14 degrees, and so oh. everything that was hitting the road was like freezing oh. instantly. Yikes. Oh, it was terrifying. Terrifying. In like the 25 years that Amy and Scott have lived out there, have we ever had to just stop? No. <laughs> and never. stay the night? No. <laughs> and we've been on South Pass when they've closed it after us. <laughs> The crazy thing is, is that South Pass was the least worst part of the drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. I'm glad that we left, though, because that storm lasted like 36 hours and oh, then stopped for a few and then started. We probably would have been stuck there until like 
Wednesday if we hadn't left when we did. Wow. So. I got stuck up there for about a week once. Yeah. South Pass was closed and it was, it was just closed. Yep. It was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was stuck at Amy's and I don't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's like. We had to stay Sunday night in Evanston, and we woke up, and it was still just a blizzard. And I was like, well, I don't have to be to work till Thursday, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but Kat and Chris had to be back. Yeah. So we bought chains for the car, and oh, man. it took us three hours to get from Evanston oh. to Salt Lake, which is like a 70 miles. Oh, man. That's awful. <laughs> is it even 70 miles? I guess it's about. I that, think it's about it? sixty to seventy. Yeah. So, anywho. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. Um. So anyway, yeah, it it's amazing. <laughs> Bill Sarsgaard plays Pennywise the clown, and he is oh, fantastic. I saw him on like Colbert or something, talking uh, about it. Oh, he's so good, and his... and he'd like do his scary face. <laughs> Oh, the face and the voice, and oh, it's just so good. And he is, um, like his older brother is Alexander Sarsgaard. Yeah. Who, yeah, was in like True Blood and Big Little Lies, and their dad is like another Sarsgaard, you know. Uh They're good. They're a good acting family, but he's yeah. he's fantastic. So, anyway, speaking speaking of Big Little Lies, since we talked, <clears throat> I read another one of that author's books. Oh, and it was good. Nice. It was the same. I guess that's her thing. She like, you know, something really big happened at this one event, and then you kind of go. Oh, back okay. through. Gotcha. And get little pieces of what might have happened. And it's a mystery. And This one was called Truly Madly Guilty. Oh, yeah. I've seen... I've... Yeah. It was good. I'm I just, aware of that book. It was an audio book I listened to. So... Uh, yeah. Even if you're not into horror movies, uh, you might like it because it's just, it's really well done. (laughs) (laughs) Horror movies a lot of times aren't that well done, but this one really is. Um, Oh, yeah. And there's going to be a sequel. Oh, yeah? Yep. So, because this movie covered like when they're kids, but in the book, you know, they grow up and get together because it happens again and so that's what the second one's gonna be so huh oh so this is just the kids yep interesting yep because the other movie is the flashback it's mostly the adults that it's like happening again and then they flash back to when they were kids right that's probably more how the book goes i'd imagine right it does if i remember it yeah so interesting yep okay we may have our brother Matt write in because he really loved the movie and <laughs> <laughs> he has things to say. He has things to say about it. 
Um, okay, so the last thing I'm going to talk about is The Last Jedi. Because it's a Star Wars movie. Well, yeah. And, but I'll be quick on it. Um, I liked it a lot. Cam, I know, it was polarized. I know that Very much. polarizing, yes. And I will explain what I understand about the polarizing and why I think they're just a bunch of big babies. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll be quick about it. So, okay. So, I liked it a lot. Cam and I and Booker went and saw it and had a ton of fun watching it. Um, I do understand some of the fans' complaints. Uh-huh. Um, one of them is Snoke. So you're not going to understand any of this. So. Uh, and I guess no. I'll just put on top of here uh, spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled on Star Wars or The Last Jedi or anything... Now Skip that ahead. is one of those that if you care or you yeah haven't seen it, you just don't want to. Yep, exactly. Because <laughs> if you care, you've seen <laughs> you've it. seen it by now. Um, yeah, it's been a couple months, people. Um, so one of the things that people are upset about is this character Snoke. That he seemed like a big character with an interesting background, and you in. Because he was in The Force Awakens. And that's where you're introduced to him. And then he's back in The Last Jedi. Um, you don't really learn anything about his background or who he was. And then he's just kind of killed. And mm-hmm. what I say is, does that really matter? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cool character. He served his purpose. And he's dead. Let's move on. Um... I understand, and this is one thing I hated about it, is Mary Poppins Leia. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> was super lame. Um, that can't be all you'd say, because I'm intrigued. Um, okay, so Princess Leia, like... Is this has to do with Carrie Fisher dying? No. It has to do with Princess Leia, quote unquote, dying, but not Carrie Fisher. Um, okay. So in the movie, Princess Leia gets like sucked out into space, uh-huh. um, like your biggest fear. Yeah, she's yeah. just kind that's, of that's rough, <laughs> floating out there, and becomes frozen. But then she's got the force is so strong inside her that she like kind of wakes back up. And, like, literally Mary Poppins, like, she's got an arm out, and she's kind of floating, and she floats back to the ship. She just doesn't have an umbrella. Just doesn't. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, dear. (laughs) So. So they were able to film quite a bit of it before she passed away? Or all of it? I think all of it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's in it throughout. And she doesn't die in the movie. So how they're going to explain that, I don't know. But they're they're going to have to. Um, they're like, you remember how she Mary Poppins back into the <laughs> ship? That was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's so funny because Booker, 
Booker saw it like opening night. We saw it not long after, and uh, I was like, "Is it good? Is it good?" And he's like, "It's so good, except for this one part." And he's like, "And you are gonna know what it is." <laughs> and as soon, as soon as it happened, I looked over and I was like, "This is that, right?" And he's like, "Yep." <laughs> So, anyway, so, I agree, Mary Poppins, Princess Leia, was lame. Um, so, another thing people are upset about is that Ray's pa- parents just end up being nothing. Which, again, I'm like, why get upset about that? Who cares? I think it's kind of cool that Ray isn't tied to someone established in the Star Wars universe. That she is just kind of a really incredible Jedi who's not a Skywalker, who's not a, you know, who's uh, sure. <laughs> not a Skywalker, not a solo. Everyone had all these theories that she's probably Luke Skywalker's daughter and, or blah, 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 you know, but oh, you know, so what? it's one of those instances where the fans make out all this interesting they theories had, and then it didn't pan and, out and they're like, mm. yeah, it pan. Yeah. Cause Ray, she's like, the female lead, she's a really, really strong Jedi. She just naturally has, like, the Force in her. And so, and you never know who her parents are because she was, like, abandoned as a baby on this junkyard planet. And so, since you didn't know who her parents were, it's like, the theories were, you know, is she, like, Luke Skywalker's illegitimate daughter? Or, you know, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's granddaughter? You know, just someone who's a really strong Jedi, because it has to be genetic, but you know what? Maybe not. Maybe she's just really strong in the Force, and her parents are nothing. So guess what? Her parents are nothing. Who cares? Move so on. you actually find out who her parents are, and it's like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You find out that her parents really are just nothing significant whatsoever. And everyone's like, ah! You know. Everyone's well, all Well, then good for ours. her. Exactly. She's like Hermar- Hermione. You know. Yeah. She's born Just to muggles. On her own. <laughs> born to muggles, but she's a strong witch. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it happens. Get over it. Who cares if her parents aren't Skywalkers? It makes it even more interesting, if you ask me. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Spoiler alert: Luke Skywalker dies, and mm. I liked it. I. <laughs> Cause I bet Mark Hamill doesn't. <laughs> right, Mark Hamill's alive, guys. Um, no, I bet he doesn't like that he died. Oh, no, because the way he dies, he can come back. That's why oh, okay. I'm like, why are you guys such babies about this? Because he doesn't really die. Like, he doesn't get like stabbed or cut in half or anything. He kind of transcends, like Obi Wan did, like Yoda did. So he can come back, people. Did Obi-Wan and Yoda come back? They After have. After transcending? They have, yes. Hmm. So, yeah. It's not, I think, I don't know if fans wanted him to, like, die in, like, a hail of bullets and lightsabers or something. But I really like the way he just, like, poof. Just like Obi-Wan poofed and Yoda poofed, you know? So, yeah, I guess. That just means he transcended, I think. 
Um, so the biggest complaint I have and that I agree with all the little complainers is I thought um, Kanto Bite was pretty lame too. This is a planet they went to um, that was like a ritzy gambling. It's like they wanted to make the cantina from the original movie but kind of upscale it so it's like people gambling and they're dressed all nice. I thought the costuming was kind of fun, but as a whole, I thought that planet was kind of lame and I thought it was kind of lame that Ray and Finn rode off on these animals and or Rose and Finn and Rose had some weird story to do these animals. They were from like her planet. I don't know. I <laughs> that was all pretty lame. So So it was trying to be like a Monte Carlo planet or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I kind of agree. That wasn't my favorite. The costumes were great, and that's about it. Um, uh, the two things I loved, 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 is Yoda is in it. Um, Yoda comes back. How long has it been since Yoda's been around? Uh since like Return of the Jedi okay if you're not up to speed on Emily and Star Wars <laughs> here's the scoop <laughs> I saw the first three and I enjoyed them a lot uh -huh. and then I hit around 18 or 19 and I just lost all interest <laughs> right. and so when the new ones came out I just had no interest I grew right. out of Star Wars right I am fine with people that didn't, but that's just where I'm at. But I enjoyed the first three, and I watched them many times. And then, done. <laughs> then the yeah. new ones came out, and I'm like, meh. Okay, so, yeah, Yoda hasn't been back since... Return of the Jedi, but maybe the first three that were, like, before all these, there was some Yoda. Yes? Or no? Well, he's... Okay, so the first three are okay. like episodes four, five, and six. And then after six, it went one, two, three, right? Yes, yes. Right, okay. So is he in one, two, three? He is. He's okay. in... Um... Oh, gosh, I've only... Because I don't like the prequels. He's in... Man, he kicks ass. Is it in... Revenge of the Sith, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he is in the prequels. I can't remember if he's in all three. Because Revenge of the Sith is the only one I've watched more than once. It's the only one that's worth watching more than once. And he's in that. Yeah, I haven't heard great things about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Yoda's in this one. Frank Oz is doing his voice. And it's, wow, really? It's, it's puppet Yoda, not like CGI Yoda. <laughs> and it's just fantastic because, man, he's just... It's just unexpected. He's just suddenly there, and it's just... He's so cute with Luke. I just love him and Luke so much together. 
<laughs> and uh, if memory serves, you never see Yoda kick ass. You do in Revenge of the Sith. Well, I'm saying in the oh. three. Like the three I've seen. No, no. He just no. like he's just a little dude in the swamp, right? Right, right, right. Right. So but yeah, he comes back. Um So yeah, if you love some Yoda, he's in it. Okay. Um the other thing I really like, and it's the last thing I'll say, is I really, really like what they're doing with the character Kylo Ren. He's a total wild card at this point still, I think. I don't know if he's going to go dark side or not. I, I think he's still on the fence. Um, so Emily Kylo Ren is, again, spoilers. It just upsets me to even say, because it's such a reveal. He is the <laughs> son of Han Solo and Princess Leia. Oh. So he's Darth Vader's grandson. And... He has gone the way of... Oh, he's following after Granddad. He's gone after Gampy. He... Here's a deep spoiler. (sighs) Okay, people. You better not be listening if you care. Okay, I shouldn't (laughs) say... No, I No, do it, do it. Okay. We have warmed them. In The Force Awakens. Which one's that? It's the one... It's the first of this trilogy. So the first one that's the Force Awakens, yes, of the newer Star Wars, the the first one that uh, J.J. Abrams directed. Yes, um, he kills Han Solo. Oh yeah, I knew that. Okay, I heard that he kills his dad. I knew, but you didn't know that was his dad when he kills him till this movie. You do know. Oh, you do know. Yep, you do know. So, but in. In this movie, the sequel to The Force Awakens, he kind of he kind of is on the fence. He kind of helps the resistance. He kind of helps the dark side. It's it's kind of interesting what they're doing with this character. And so I'm like so interested in the third one and what they're going to do with his character because... At so he point, might be like go the way of Spike. Yes, exactly. He's the Spike of Star Wars. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting, and it's the thing like I'm kind of mostly interested in for for the last of this trilogy is what are they going to do with Kylo Ren? Is so gonna... did did Harrison Ford just not want to do anymore? <laughs> I kind of think so. Yeah. That's what I that's how I felt about it when I heard about it. And it yeah, and it could also be cuz you know, there so there's a Star Wars movie coming out every year, but they're not necessarily sequels of of this. So mm-hmm. the the Force Awakens is the one that came out a couple of years ago, so it would have been 2015 I think it came out. Um and that was the first Star Wars movie after all the, pre- you know, the bad prequels had come out. After Disney had bought Lucasfilms. Yeah. And then the next year, the Star Wars movie that came out was called Rogue One. And that was not a sequel to 
The Force Awakens. It's just kind of a one-off Star Wars movie. And then this year, or 2017, is when The Last Jedi came out. That's the sequel to The Force Awakens. So, like, every other year, they're going to do one along this storyline where the subsequent years are going to have, or the other years are going to have, like, these little one-off Star Wars movies. Are they the same characters? Or do they pick other characters in the universe? Other characters in the universe, kind of like Rogue One. Rogue One is like a prequel to A New Hope, which is a Star Wars movie that came out in 77. Like, a New Hope is Star Wars, right? Yeah. The one that everyone just refers to as Star Wars. Right. The one that was released in 1977. And that's okay. the one where... You know, R2-D2 has, like, part of this map inside of him. Uh. So, <laughs> a map of the Death Star, so they know how to, like, blow up the uh-huh. Death Star. He's got, like, part of the map inside of him. So, all I remember his M is projecting Princess Leia. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Right, right, right. I don't remember a map. So also inside of him is like part of this map. So Rogue One okay. is kind of the story of how that got inside of him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Had to take a drink of Coke. <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> I just learned more about Star Wars than I ever knew existed. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So anyway, all in all, Last Jedi, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good Star Wars movie. Haters gonna hate. (laughs) Always. If you think you can do better, then make your own. Because it's pretty damn good. So. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. Yep. Alright, so, as I've mentioned, well... Hasn't been super long for one. And then I've been reading a lot. So I've got a pretty short little list. <laughs> um, and I've also, since iZombie's coming back in a few days, I've been rewatching season three. Oh, nice. I just felt like it was worth a rewatch. I knew it was coming up, so it's coming back in a few days. Yeah, like three or four days, I think. Sweet. And I kind of forgot. I know some big things happened in the finale. so, And I've actually just got the finale left. And sometimes when you watch a show week by week, it's really fun to like binge it later, you know. Right. Although my binge has taken me a while. But, you know, like two and a half weeks, not like ten. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, I watched Retribution. So this is like a, this is a, I think it's the first show I can think of right now that I've watched that's like a Scottish show. You know, it takes place in Scotland with like Scottish actors. Yeah, I don't, 
don't know if I've seen anything. I mean, besides my stint trying to watch uh, Outlander. <laughs> right, right. Which I'm going to get back to and try again. It's too popular for me to decide that I just don't like it. Right. But I remember I like gave it like six episodes and I was kind of bored. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But I also will admit I wasn't giving it probably all the attention I should have. Right. I was like doing other stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, so Retribution, it's... I don't know, Val says four, I swear it's at least five or six, but it's short. And it, it is, it's jam-packed. It's one of those that, like, so it starts with a murder, and not only are the families intertwined, they're, like, they live out in the middle of nowhere Scotland, and they're neighbors. <laughs> so they're, like, <laughs> just, you know, they've, like, all the kids have grown up, so the the boy and girl that get married have been like friends since they were babies, you know? Right. right. And they're like the only one of those that your only neighbor within miles. And so the families are just kind of kind. And it's just one of those things that it's a, it's a fun watch. I mean, it's not the best show I've ever seen, but it's just like one of those, it's kind of bloodline ish. Okay. Where, things just kind of keep coming out that you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Skeletons in closets. Yeah. I mean, I would call it soap opera-y, but it's not. It's not like melodramatic, but it's like so many secrets and things. And, you know, those are kind of fun sometimes. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, so the killer makes his way back to <laughs> this this farm area, and they don't know why, but, you know, it's called Retribution for a reason. They're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and they said, and it's both families lost someone. I think the couple was on their honeymoon or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was their actual honeymoon, but it was just right after they got married. And so it's just so upsetting, you know, just to right. put your place in their shoes. This, these two families have known each other forever. They both lost uh, a son and a daughter. Um, and they have their hands on the killer. <coughs> I mean, it's, it's not like torture or anything. Spoiler alert. But, you know, it's it's interesting. And there are lots of, when you're in the mood for something like that, it's, it's got its place in life. (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds good. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely am going to check this out. And even the cops that are going through it, they've got their secrets too. Ooh, cop secrets. Cop secrets. Those are the worst secrets. Yeah, so it's good. I recommend it. And it's a pretty short watch. Okay. But yeah, it's not like mind-blowingly amazing. Um, sure. 
you know, writing and acting wise, but it's not bad. Doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be. It's just a fun little, right. Yeah. Like the best I can compare it to is something like bloodline. And that's good. I I like bloodline. Yeah. I liked bloodline too. And it's on Netflix, the retribution. Yeah. Okay. And it feels done. You know, it feels like it's just those few episodes and it's done. Cool. I I can't imagine it'll go on. Sometimes Uh, they shouldn't go on. I agree. You know? Yeah. And, okay, so my last and favorite was a movie I watched. It was a documentary. And I actually, this is something, again, I watch with Matt. He's coming up a lot. Um, (laughs) We watched it over Christmas because he had seen it and he's like, you have got to see this. And we watched it and it blew my mind and it was like a spiritual experience and I loved it. And then I was thinking about it the other day and I'm like, oh, I should talk about that with what we've been watching. And so I thought, I'm going to watch it again. And I did. So I just freshly watched it yesterday again for my second time. It's, um, it's called the farthest Voyager in space. Have you heard about this? No, I have no idea what this is. It is a documentary on the, the Voyager spacecraft. They launched in the Mm seventies. Now this is okay. So they launched it in 77. This is, I remember hearing about this as a kid um, and being fascinated because they like recorded like earth stuff and put it on this Voyager and sent it out to space. Like, oh, okay. they like put, music and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's the thing that they like sent out. And I remember hearing as a kid that actual NASA scientists put stuff out there for aliens just in case. Right. That like blew my mind and it still does. It's just, it gives you like the chills, you know? It is. Cause it's like, how do you pick? Yeah. And that, okay. So this documentary, it's the actual scientists that did this and, and so they're talking about their story and they're talking about everything about it. They're like, taking you through the whole 40 years of this thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, part of it was what they put on there. So they only have like a couple hours cause it's a record and they make it out of gold. So it'll, they said that it'll last 2 billion years. <laughs> <laughs> And not only did they do the record, but they're like, how are aliens going to play it? So they put in instructions on how to build a player for it. And they gave them the stuff for it or something. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And they they only had so much room on this record. I think there's two records. Mm-hmm. So they had people do greetings to the aliens in their languages. They did, I don't remember how many languages... 12, 15 or something. And they did music. They did like uh, Beethoven. They only had room for one pop song and they chose um, Johnny Be Good, I think. (laughs) 
Um, I know it was Chuck Berry. I, I think it's Johnny. Is it? What's his big songs? <laughs> Johnny Be Good would be. Yeah, it's probably Johnny Be Good. I can't believe I forgot. Um. <clears throat> okay, so. I don't. Here's the story behind it. Um, so they knew they had calculated and in 1977, I think is when they launched it. But for years before that, they had calculated that there is this magic moment that only happens once every 176 years where the four gas giants, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune are aligned in such a way that they could hit them all. Like, Okay. You know, years apart, but it was actually a path where all of their um, orbits aligned to a point where they could hit all four of them. Okay. On a journey with one spacecraft. There were actually two, Voyager 1 and 2. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. The little story they tell is they went to Nixon to try to get funding for this. And they're like, the last, the last time... The planets were aligned like this. Thomas Jefferson was sitting on your at your desk, and he blew it. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't blow it like old DJ did. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Ed uh, Nixon laughed and said, "Okay, you can hit two planets." So he gave them funding for two, and these scientists were like. Okay, but let's equip it to do all four. <laughs> and and maybe within the decades we could, you know, before they hit the other two, we can talk them into letting us do all four. Right. And they did. Uh, in addition to the record, they also put a picture. <laughs> it's so funny because they put, it's like a drawing of a man and a woman, human. And they got so many like conservatives that were so upset. It like shows a picture of it, and these people are so upset. They're like, "You're sending smut to space." Oh, and it's like, <laughs> it's it shows it, and it's so funny because it's it's oh. it's just it's a pencil drawn like man and woman. <laughs> <laughs> Alien porn. <laughs> but they were also able to put on this record some pictures so you know they choose they just yeah it's interesting how they chose and they had they had Carl Sagan actually handle that part um, so the magic of this these scientists they it's such a, it was such an experience for them that they, to this day, when they start talking about it, sometimes they get a little, they choke up. Oh. Because it was such an, I mean, picture Sue, they have never seen these things. I mean, one lady said that, and it's women too, these scientists, there's like four men and two women here talking mm -hmm. about it. And, <clears throat> they're like 
the only way we had ever seen Saturn was like this little circle with like two little halos right, you know, right. on the side. And they go through each planet when they hit and their feelings and they have actual pictures. They have, they show you the actual pictures. They still have footage of the scientists seeing some of this stuff for the first time. Oh, wow. The, I, it's hard to describe the feeling you get watching these guys see Jupiter for the first time. And they're black and white because even still they do black and white because the resolution on black and white is just so much crisper. Right. And they can add the color. They can tell what the colors are by the scale. You right. Know? Right. <clears throat> but you see the black and white pictures and you see these and just the thrill of it is so exciting. I mean, this documentary is so good and it makes you feel good. It's like a triumph of the human spirit, you know? Wow. And the things they could do in 77 is incredible. It blows me away that they could do that. Like, they were able to program this thing. They were able to make it so they could change the software from NASA anytime they needed to. Because this was a, I mean, it it hit the last moon on uh, Neptune in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to do programming. But, oh, the th- you get to experience the thrill of them seeing the Saturn's rings close up. And, like, discovering Europa, which is, so that's, that's the moon on Jupiter that's like this deep, huge ocean. That's, you know, got water and ice. Right. They didn't know that. You get to see them, you know, cool. see all that. And, um, I, like, Saturn has a moon that has volcanic activity. And they didn't know what they were seeing at first. And they figure out that it's a volcanoes. And it's going, like, miles up into space, these volcanoes. And they're just, like blown away they had no idea i think that one is ion and discovering that uranus uranus what how do you pronounce um uranus yeah do you know about uranus that it's like totally weird Um... like it's been it's like its axes are like uh, on the sides. Yeah, I did know. I remember learning that that it like wobbles. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't know that. Yeah, and they didn't know it had rings. And and then Neptune. Uh, ne- so to hit uh, Triton. Now they knew about all their moons, but they just. Didn't know anything about them. It's amazing to me that they even knew some stuff. <laughs> I, so... Space travel just blows my mind. Oh, yeah. So, so, how... So, they learn all this because they launched the Voyager. Now, is that because... 
the Voyager had like cameras? I mean, how? Yeah, yeah, it has camera. Okay, so but that's they can how they control they're... and they can manipulate it like a remote control to like okay. face the way they want. And it's so complicated because you have to like take a gravitational pull from the planet and like they say it's like you slingshot it to the next planet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So that's how it's able that's why it had to be Yeah, and that's you know how, okay. Everyone, all the planet's axes are on a weird track, so there could be where, you know, sometime Neptune is over here. Right. And Uranus is, like, on the other side of the galaxy. Not galaxy, but solar system. Right. But this was just this magic time where all four of them were on a course where they could do this. Gotcha. Okay. And it wasn't going to happen in any of our lifetimes again. So it was like, we have to do it now. Um, okay, so it not only projected stuff in case there's like some sort of life form that could receive it, but it also had cameras. So that was the first time they were able to see these planets like kind of up close. This was... Yeah, sorry. So it was basically... before the Hubble telescope and stuff. Yeah, way before. Yeah. So Hubble was basically like, hey, it, was okay. sending, it was sending a camera out in space for the first time um, and just putting out stuff was just a secondary. It's just, hey, we're sending this so far out, why don't we add a few things in case an alien ever comes across it ever. Okay, gotcha. So the okay. So that wasn't its main purpose. Its main purpose was to explore the planets. Okay, gotcha. So it was a camera. Um and this thing travels ten miles per second. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's so fast. I know. <laughs> I could I could be to your house in like four seconds. <laughs> and this thing is still traveling right now. Ew. I know. I know. <laughs> um But yeah, so for Neptune, they really wanted to see this uh moon triton. Mm-hmm. And they had to do, like, this thing where they made the Voyager, like, skimp. They were, like, a thousand miles above Neptune to do this. And they had to, like, skim its surface and then, like, go down to get trying. And it was so scary. And there's so many times to visit these planets where something, like, went terribly wrong and they were, like, terrified. And then it worked out. And it was <laughs> so cool. <laughs> But they do get to see Triton. And what did Triton have? Geysers or something. Yeah, geysers. And they were just like, it's so exciting. <laughs> and it's, it's, you get to see like their, um, uh, what are they called? Press. Like every time there's like new stuff, they'd have like a press conference. Right. And it just being able to watch that stuff is really neat and just it's just exciting. And just it's fun to watch scientists see something for the first time. You know what I mean? It's fun to watch scientists be excited about science. Yes. You know, I I have always enjoyed that, especially 
if it's a science, I've got a little bit of an interest in like space or planets, you know. Mm-hmm. It it is fun to see them kind of geek out, and especially see something like this that they've never seen before. That's yeah, that's super exciting. Like it's fun to watch those <clears throat> like Nova shows on like the rover or something where mm. oh yeah, I they design like the <laughs> launching pad and ball and how it bounces and they're all excited and you know like it worked <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, I love it. It's fun to watch them get all excited about that. So now, what's this called again? It's called the farthest Voyager in space. Okay. It's and on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. This sounds like something Cam would want to watch too. So. Oh, I bet. I was telling Rob about it tonight. He's like, "This sounds good." <laughs> well, his was there also like something they launched called like the Viking. Yeah, there's. Is that the one that they like launched as soon as it was like ran out of gas? They just decided to just launch it into Saturn, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I think that's, there's been things. There's, there's been things, but nothing this early, and nothing that's gone this far. Right. And at the end of the documentary, they talk about in 2020, uh, somewhere in Europe is going to be exploring Saturn's moons really well, or you know. They'll right. tell you what's coming up. Um, That's cool. But no, Cam's grandpa, like, built, like, a gas tank or something for one of these. Oh, cool. He was, a like, a machinist. He worked for, like, Thornton Mayakal or whatever. Yeah, somehow this Voyager just goes on its own. I don't understand yeah. it. <laughs> it has no gas. It's just... I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it they get launched and then they just don't they just kind of get <coughs> propelled by like gravity and orbits and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I don't know how this goes so fast. It just blows my mind. That's crazy. No, that sounds really good. I want to watch this. It's so good. You got to watch it. Everyone listening has to watch it. And they do so that you get to see the scientists. You get the talking heads. You get. You get pictures of what they actually sent out, you know, mm-hmm. the pictures they sent out, and they also do, like, simulation. So they have, like, a simulation of Voyager, gotcha. you know, exploring mm-hmm. Saturn, and it's just thrilling. And there's, like, a talk about using music well. There's a little stint where they play Us and Them by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so good. It's like one of those things that you'll always remember. <laughs> Every time I hear us and them, I'll think of this, you know. I just see Matt, like, just being, like, in heaven. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Throwing some Pink Floyd, he's like, oh my god. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah. So after they hit, I've just got a couple more things. So after they hit um, Triton, the last moon, there was like the sadness. It's like, oh, it's done, you know? Mm. All that exploration were kind of done. And they decided, and they're like, there was no science behind this. And Carl Sagan had to, like, personally go to, like, NASA's guy to get this approved. But they decided to 
just turn the camera around and take a shot of our solar system from, um, I believe, 4 billion miles away at this point. 4 uh-huh. billion miles away. And they take a picture and they find Earth in this picture. And, you know, Carl Sagan has a great little speech about it, like, every person that you've ever known or has ever lived or ever experienced anything is on that blue dot, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just cool. And so this, it all, that was in the late 80s. And they still are picking up radios very faint. They have to have these huge discs to pick up uh, Voyager now, and they still are. They can still pick him up. Like, it's wave. And and so from 80, I don't know what the exact year was. I know it was the late 80s when they finished. Until 2012, it was just going. And so every star in the galaxy, every star in space has some sort of like, they call it a bubble. It's like a gravitational, it's just, it's every star has a bubble and our solar system's in within that bubble. And outside of the bubble is interstellar space. And that's just like, out of our solar system. And in 2012, they watched Voyager go through the bubble. It like, cause they've been waiting. They waited decades and they're like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? They're like watching. And one day they said the signal started going weird, like sparking. And then all of a sudden it hit interstellar stellar space. This is the only thing humans have ever made that's out there and it's out there right now floating through interstellar space and they say in 40,000 years it's gonna go into another star like bubble (laughs) and so they're like this is where the golden record and everything is going to be because this is just this is like the wild wild west this is like (laughs) interstellar space Oh, my gosh. And, you know, like, the record, they said, will survive 2 billion years. The records, well, our sun is not going to survive 2 billion years. Voyager is going to outlast our sun. Oh, that's insane. Something man-made. Yeah. Man-made in the 70s. Yes. <laughs> and it is... Fl- it blows my mind. It is floating in interstellar <laughs> space right now, and they can pick up its signals still. That isn't. They can still pick up the signals. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's uh, good. It's just like I said. It's like it gives you these feels you may not imagine you would get from something like this. Just right. this triumph of human innovation and right. It's spiritual. It's just awesome. Wow. Watch it. Everyone watch it. I you won't be sorry. Totally. We're going to watch it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm glad 
what did Matt just like stumble upon it on Netflix? Matt's on a huge space and alien kick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I, you know, later after like that night, this just blew me away. And then he started another one that was about aliens and kind of like conspiracy theory. And I'm like, you know what? This is like, I'm like, that last movie was so feel good. And it was so spiritual to me that this is like harshing my (laughs) vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, maybe we can watch it tomorrow, but I can't with this. Because it was like... The government's covering up aliens. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Which I'm sure is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> but I was riding a high on this, and I just didn't, I didn't want to, like, it was just a different vibe, and it, it wasn't doing it for me. And that's when we started watching Riverdale. <laughs> Would be. <laughs> We're like, I just got to watch something else. So that's when B and I started Riverdale. Nice. No, I get it, because you're watching, like, something real, and yeah, government hiding aliens is <laughs> conspiracy stuff, and uh, uh-uh. could be, maybe they're not, maybe they are, maybe they're not, maybe they are. <laughs> but right now, I don't care, because I just watch NASA scientists see Saturn's rings up close, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and no one had ever seen them before. <laughs> That's real. That's real. That's awesome. No, I'm excited to watch this. Yeah, it's good. And it's really well done. It's really well done. Nice. Awesome. Yay. Like, it feels very nicely produced and, you know. Right, right. It's just, it's very good. Excellent. I was not expecting that kind of recommendation from you. Like. Space? Yeah, yeah. Just, or just something a little different, I guess. Just, yeah, it's a little bit different. I, I I have a major fascination with space. It scares a bit out of me. Yeah, you've got like a weird love-hate relationship oh, man, with yeah. it. So. It is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's really complicated. <laughs> no, if, it's, it's absolutely fascinating, and it's one of those things that gets my juices going big mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. But... I have to, like, not do a lot of envisioning. I can't internalize a lot, or else I'll have nightmares. Nope. nope, I have literal space nightmares, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That are terrifying. (laughs) I have to keep my imagination under control when I watch this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's always just fascinated me to no end. It's so big. It's just so big. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's that's all I can think of. Well, I think that's an excellent recommendation. I mean, who that's something that I think anyone could kind of get behind. I agree. And you it's, know. you know, 
good put your family in front of the tv and right. teach your kids about Voyager, you know right exactly it's a great story yeah and it, you know i knew about it but this just and even i think if you lived through it this might be a fun maybe yeah that's one thing i'm interested refresher. in seeing is like i wonder if i recognize any of the photos or even interviews you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah like it shows old footage because you know i was i was aware of stuff in 77 i was still pretty young but definitely by like 80 mid you know early 80s yeah and who doesn't who doesn't need right now just a wonderful triumph of (laughs) human nature and exactly science exactly and also a reminder that we're pretty damn small in this whole scheme of things you know (laughs) that little tiny blue dot exactly (laughs) (laughs) yep yep no i'm excited to watch it i'm really glad that you recommended that yeah, it, I it, I don't know if it would have ever hit my radar. It, I don't think I mean, it, it, ca- it came out in 2017, I think. I don't think it ever would have, just based on stuff I watch. I don't think Netflix would have thrown it for me to... I would have probably had to, like, purposely, like, well, I want to watch something about space, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I don't know... I wonder who produced it and stuff. I have no idea. So... Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to watch it. It's uh oh, it's just PBS. They always do such a fantastic job. I know. They're amazing. Yeah. Support your local PBS. Yes. They need it. <laughs> they really need it now. Oh man. Speaking of I just could I give just a a shout out to the Florida teenagers. I am so damn proud <laughs> of them and the youth in America right now and what is happening. I mean, this is so if you're listening to this a lot later, this is the week aftermath of the Florida shootings. And I just cannot get over this i just am so moved by what the youth are doing yep and just the never again you adults have been stupid for so long yep let's break through that and let's have a conversation about what we can do nothing we do is going to solve everything but that is no excuse to do nothing exactly no i'm i'm excited to see what these kids can accomplish and I support him 100% because when is enough enough? That's. I know. know. And I. And I can't imagine being on the other end of. I, I, I just can't imagine being scared for my life. No. And what, you know, specifically this shooting, what those kids went through and they're speaking out and they're so strong yeah. Yeah. and they are getting hit 
so hard by right-wing news sites and things right now. And I just, dang it, it's so awesome. And just, we are behind you, man. Barack Obama tweeted today, we have your back, you know. We've been waiting for you, he said. We've been waiting for this, and we have your back. I love it. Nice. And I am in Salt Lake. They've they're gonna do one. I think March twenty fourth. Uh, there's gonna be marches across the country for this, mm-hmm. and I am bringing my two kids, and we're going. Good. There are high school students that are sponsoring it. They are forming it. They are planning this from Brighton High School. Nice. I've got it right now. I, I'm so proud of you guys. I think it's awesome. I am new. Forming I, this. This is so amazing. And I am marching with you, and I'm bringing my school-aged children. I've got a disabled kid that has zero. Oh, God. Eleanor has. She couldn't she, get out of the way if she. She has absolutely no way to get to help herself. No. Someone needs to protect her. I didn't even think And she's that. marching too. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I am fired up about I just think it's, I'm so proud of these guys. I think it's great. I think it's great. And I, I love it. I. We're playing politics way too long. I mean, yeah. we need to ban every gun in America, but let's talk. <laughs> we can do something. Let's do it. Let's talk about what we can do. Exactly. Exactly. Banning. Yeah. That's enough of this playing politics. Yeah. NRA bullcrap. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I'm a gun owner. I know. I've got, we've got like five or six guns. But you are not, I mean, second you start saying like cold dead hands you've lost me entirely and you oh, are not that no, that's, no we're not even members of the nra i don't like what they stand for Ugh. you know yeah we we just like one we we just like to go shoot crap i know and that's oh. fine I, <laughs> you know rob and i are against guns and we don't own any and we never will right we just feel a different way but that does not mean i don't think it's fine for people to own handguns and things right but, right Ugh. i am so sick of the gun debate too i can't even hear one too. more person say uh do you know what my worst is you just think they look scary look at this rifle this does the exact same thing as an ak-47 or ar-15 <sighs> whatever they're called but right. you just think it looks scary and i'm like it doesn't just look scary. It can kill it can fifty shoot, people in seconds. It can shoot it is like scary. thirty rounds in a matter of seconds. Exactly. No, and the guy that not uh, about the look, it's about the what it can do. It just it drives me crazy that you can actually say that to someone. You just think it looks scary. No, it is scary, stupid. That is a stupid argument. Ah, I'm so I can't even with gun debates anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give them a shout out because man, it's awesome. Go kids! I think it's awesome too. Go and, kids! You know, they're the ones who are 
being victims. I, I've just been. I know. I I'm just loving like the memes that have been going around. Like, you know, uh, save your thoughts and prayers. Like, I'll I'll vote for you with my thoughts and prayers or something. <laughs> it just it just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And man, I'm religious. Thoughts and prayers great, but what my church likes to say is faith without works is dead. Yeah. You can't just have thoughts and prayers. You have to do something about it. You have to it. make action. Let's do something like, about it. How many more are is going to happen before something actually happens, you know? And meanwhile, these kids have no voice. Right. Well, they do have a voice, but they're kids. They can't vote. Right. They have real minimal voice, really. <laughs> Elementary school kids, it's happening to them, too. Well, if they're in high school, they're going to be voting soon. Yeah. And so, they're just being put upon, and they're having their lives in danger. It's just... These old uh, white men who have been in, you know, yeah. forever, maybe they don't have too much longer. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> you know, these Rise kids, up, man. I'm excited. You know, I am, too. I think it's awesome. I, I love this vibe. It's, I do, too. just fills me with so much hope, and I'm... I love it. Yep. Yep. Go kids. All right. Awesome. All right. Well. We'll be back. We will be back. So. We really need to form something with Sue Watches Buffy. I I have a, I have Beth's box of comics in my closet and I see it every day and I think, oh, we got to yeah. get these back to her. It's a whole box of comics. We need to get through these. Yeah. So okay. we gotta we gotta do something like yeah. kind of fast with those. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a meeting. Yeah, let's have a powwow. Let's, let's figure have, it out. Yeah, let's, is powwow let's... okay to say? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Let's have a meeting. <laughs> we'll have a lunch date or something, and we'll get a game plan together. Okay, I will go through the comics maybe and try and sort them and see what we're at. Because that's another thing. I just feel lost with them. Right. All right, cool. So, okay. All right. All right, see ya. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye.
change the size, but never leave the stream or the permanent sand. So the days float through my eyes, but still the days seem the same. And these children that you sit on and stay try to change their worlds, are immune to your consultation. Stay quite aware of what they're going through.